great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just yeah. Yeah. Ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. the Rams today and ram it. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Ram it. Another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined as always by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we're talking some of the new coaching hires, and out of nowhere, it seems that Brian Allen was cut. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. Those watching on YouTube will notice that the quality from my camera has vastly improved. So it took it took us, well, it took me like four years of doing the show to get a quality camera. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to Dean for having one for for quite some time. I'm good outside of the Rams, you know. I'm I'm quite good. You look fantastic. You look high definition, and it seems like you're going to bring a high definition personality to the pod because we got eight new coaching hires we're going to be talking about. We already talked about three in Giff Smith and Stretch and Chili Dog Davis. We're going to talk about the other five. But first, I wanted to kick it off with Brian Allen because this one seemed to come out of left field. Well, it's I mean, the fact that he's cut is not bizarre, but the fact that the way the Rams put out the message. Like when we're everybody's refreshing Twitter, everybody looks at Instagram during the day, throughout their workday, whatever. But you just see this cryptic message that says, Thank you, Brian. We're thinking to ourselves, what happened? Did he get cut? Like what what's going on? There was no context originally when it happened. So Rams fans were probably thinking to themselves, assumably he's cut, but there was no actual direction from the uh, the team account. So Brian Allen eventually ends up getting released. So the team's going to incur 3.15 million in dead money. So they were at like 750K in dead money originally. So now it brings them up closer to 4 million. Not that big of a hit. Last year, they were at 75 million. So not even a close comparison quite yet, but it's going to open 4.9 million in cap space for the 2024 season. So he was set to be an $8.05 million cap hit in 2024, which would have been good for sixth highest on the roster. So it's a decision that could have been couldn't have been that difficult. He only played 34 snaps over five games in 2023, which quite honestly is more than I thought. And he can't play special teams. Um, and I, I think it poses the question about Kevin Dotson and potentially re-signing him and looking at some of the other offensive line talent and seeing if anybody could potentially be next on the chopping block. And yes, our eyes are looking at you, Joe Noteboom. So that's where we stand right now. Nick, your immediate reaction to losing Brian Allen. I mean, it was shock. I mean, like you said, like cap wise, it wasn't anything that was completely unexpected for, but for right. it to kind of just happen right now and to be dropped on the world that we no longer have a center, which is arguably the most important position. You still got uh, Cole Michelle, but outside of Brian uh, skill positions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you lose, so. you lose Brian Allen, still have Coleman shown as a starting center, but to your point, like as a restricted free agent, you don't actually know the direction of Coleman Shelton. So are you going to potentially look to bring in a center? Are you going to look to draft a Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon players that we've talked about in the past? So it's, it's definitely up in the air, but I think Kevin Dotson, if you're looking at more of a reason to focus on Kevin Dotson in free agency, this is it. 
Like his market value seemingly is going up by the day, which is unfortunate. 16 to 18 million in that range is what we're expecting for Kevin Dotson per year. But I think 16 and a half million per year could lock him in with some upfront money. And if you look at what Brian Allen opened up, so $5 million in 2024 cap, and you see the salary cap continuing to increase, there's speculation that it could increase to 250 million total for this season. There's a big chunk of money just right there that you can go ahead and pay Kevin Dotson. So that was kind of my thought process. Like you lose Brian Allen, addition by subtraction, and then you could bring in hopefully Kevin Dotson and and keep him in the building for a long period of time. So you don't think that, when I saw that, my first thought was, okay, I, I need to restructure my mind of how they're going to draft. That was right where I went. So, I mean, it 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 sounds like you went kind of somewhere else. Well, no, if they continue to lose offensive line talent, and this is not the best talent in Brian Allen and Joe Nopum and whomever else, that to me tells me that they're going to probably look to gear up for offensive linemen in the, in the draft, right? I think that makes a ton of sense. So, I think that's the direction. Otherwise, their draft strategy, it might not be heavily focused up front on the offensive line, but they'll still look to cater towards it throughout the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope it's I mean, I mean, not in the first round. I think there's there's a talent higher than that. And I, I like what we have in the building currently, but I I it should be prioritized, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought so too. So now we're kind of pivoting over to the coaching staff updates because it happened so fast, right? It's like within a one-week period, we've transitioned. We've hired eight new coaches. So originally it was Giff Smith. It was Stretch. It was Chili Dog Davis. But I think what the Rams are doing now is just looking at professional experience. 53 years of total professional experience has been hired over these eight coaches, two of them at the collegiate level. Um, and to me, it, it just signifies that this team is ready to gear up and make another run. When you look at the coaching additions from a high level, Giff Smith, defensive line coach, run game coordinator, John Streicher, the game management coordinator, Dave Ragone, quarterbacks coach, Chili Dog Davis, assistant special teams coach, Greg Williams, Greg with one G, the inside linebackers coach, Rob Calabrese, the offensive offensive assistant, and then Nate Shieldhouse, the offensive assistant and pass game specialist. And this doesn't even take into account the other, the other coach that they hired, Jerry Shaplinski, the senior offensive assistant, who was coaching for the Patriots and was working with Tom Brady while they beat us in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 53. So eight new coaches hired. We already talked about GIF. We talked about Stretch and we talked about Chili. But I wanted to kick us off with Dave Ragone because Dave Ragone, first glance, you see a left-handed quarterback wearing number eight in his St. Louis Rams jersey. No, it's not Sam Bradford's jersey. Seems like a little bit of a shock, Um, but there's, there's a connection. Yeah, I, I, the moment I saw that picture, I thought it was AI. I thought it was like a weird <laughs> Sam Bradford AI thing, but no, it's 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 a guy that is now on our coaching staff. It's Dave Ragone. He's been hired to coach the quarterbacks, former left-handed quarterback that played in Louisville, and then he went on to go get drafted by the Texans. He served up as Derek Carr's backup for a few games, and then from there he bounced around the league a little bit, even ended up with the Rams for a short period of time, as you see in the picture. But the connection, Ragone spent the 2015 season with the Washington Commanders as the offensive quality control coach, overlapping with the second of McVay's three seasons as the Washington offensive coordinator. So he broke into the NFL, starting with wide receivers with Tennessee Titans in 2011 to 2020, uh, 2012. And then obviously he went over to Washington, spent time with Sean McVay, and he's a left-handed quarterback. Does that mean that the Rams could potentially focus on a left-handed quarterback in the draft? 
who knows, but I think the most important part is there's a connection and it's a good starting point for the offense to uh, start bringing in some, some quarterback coaches. Does it mean they're going after a lefty quarterback in the draft? I hope not. Does it mean Stafford's going to start throwing with his left hand? Also, no. Does it mean there's a shot that, you know, they could be bringing in somebody similar, you know, like a quarterback who's down on his luck to kind of, that's not Carson Wentz to take in like, you know, somewhat of a different role. Dave yeah. Lugone may suggest that if you want to reach. Yeah. So there's Zach Wilson I mean, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're going because the next um, in, in Calabrese, the next guy that I wanted to talk about um, is, has that Zach Wilson connection, right? Yeah. Like a guy that was hired as an offensive assistant. A lot of people were mentioning his past with the jets and the connection with Zach Wilson because he arrived in New York as soon as Zach Wilson arrived in the draft. And it's noticeable. Like, I want to see what happens with Carson, Nick, to your point. Maybe he'd draft a Michael Penix. Who knows what happens in free agency in the draft. But a guy who's likely close with Michael Floor and can continue evolving the offense in Rob Calabrese, I, I like the hire. And if Zach Wilson comes in to be the, the backup quarterback, I'm not going to be opposed to it. If you no. can't get Carson Wentz locked up to a deal, Zach Wilson is a former top pick. You know, Sean McVay likes to work with those type of players. So if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I I think Zach Wilson and Carson Wentz have a lot more similarities than either of them probably get credit for. Uh, so I and I also believe that it, under the regime that Wilson had this year, uh, the guy that was the formal, former Broncos coach, who I'm blanking on his name, Nate something. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he was he, he's horrible. The Rogers guy. Um, yeah, no, I know we're talking about running an offense with him. I just feel like it doesn't really work. And Zach Wilson got a really bad shot at it this year. Yeah, I, I totally understand where it's Nathaniel Hackett is here. Thank you, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, so I, I know where you're coming from. And it's like, I, I like a player like Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz or Zach Wilson who has had familiarity in a pro level system, who has had top tier offensive assistants, offensive personalities, offensive coordinators to be able to kind of assist and guide him along with Aaron Rodgers. And I think all that goodness that was happening within the Jets' building just kind of evaporated on the first play of the season or the first four plays of the season when Rodgers tore his Achilles or ran out with American flag and then tears his Achilles on his fourth drop back or whatever it was. So I, there's there's good continuity. You want to be able to have those kind of things within the coaching staff. And I think the connection with Mike LaFleur and then potentially Zach Wilson and whomever else they're going to bring in, um, Jets personnel, Patriots personnel, whatever it may be, um, to be able to continue bolstering up the roster – that's what could happen. So there's so far we're off to a great start with the way that they've hired these coaches. Yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about before the episode, it seems like they're just, they're sticking young. They're staying with people that are innovative and it's, it's all just really exciting. You have to be able to stay young, stay innovative and be able to poach from colleges too. Cause Nate Shieldhouse is another guy who Nate the great. I instantly thought of Ted Lasso. Um, Nate Shieldhouse is a guy from Iowa State. He has a really, really extensive football background going back to Illinois and then Iowa State. You see him with the running running backs coach and then the wide receivers coach. But I went all the way back to, to 2020, uh, 2021, and I was thinking to myself, does this guy spend any time coaching one single position? Does he spend time in one single area ever? Like I couldn't find a year where he wasn't doing at least two jobs at once. The past year he was the offensive coordinator and the wide receivers coach. The year prior, he was the run game coordinator, the running back coach and the wide receivers coach. So I imagine a guy from college 
who has experience calling offenses and developing routes for his receivers and, you know, has the ability to kind of coach them up in game situations, technical stuff. That's the kind of coach that I want to be able to bring in. And this is the guy that I feel like has the highest likelihood of eventually rising up the, up the charts, right. To an offensive coordinator position, to an eventual head coach. They follow that mold of a 33 year old guy who has really solid experience as an innovator, likes to push the envelope and probably will eventually get a head coaching job. Especially, I mean, this is the, the greatness of these opportunities with the Rams' organization is these guys, even if they've had other positions that were of higher rank, will be able to come back and get their career back on track and be able to go find another opportunity down the line somewhere. So, yeah, I, you, it seems a lot like a one step forward, two step back if you're kind of yeah. taking a position that's lower, but you have to be thinking about the angle. And I, yeah, I, this is probably my favorite hire that we've had so far because when you have somebody that was, you know, doing the run game and the pass game at, at the same time for some teams, it, it, it just gets you really excited of what your wide receivers could do with their ball in their hands. You pre-snap uh, just like if you want to get them doing more jet sweeps or, or, or give them like something just really fast developing runs with the wide receivers has always been something under Sean McVay that has been top quality. So this is just really exciting. The continued development of, yeah, the way that the scheme operates, right? Because the duo run scheme is great. The way that they've kind of condensed their passing offense is great. But like from a college perspective, what are you seeing at the collegiate level that allows the passing game to continue to open up, right? Like how do you scheme guys wide open? And I feel like the way that they're bolstering up the offensive side of the ball, I think six of the seven or seven of the eight, six of the eight hires are focused specifically on offense. So then you look at a guy like Jerry Saplitsky or Saplitsky rather. It's another guy that we previewed um, very, very briefly. We talked about how he was uh, on the Patriots staff as the assistant quarterbacks coach for Tom Brady when they beat us in the Super Bowl, um, but then bounced around for the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, Las, Las Vegas Raiders. As of recent, he was the tight ends coach. He's pretty integral in developing Michael Meyer. Um, so I feel like you look at Davis Allen, you look at a kid who needs to be continuously developed uh, over the next couple of years with Tyler Higby, eventually on an expiring deal in I think 25 or six because they extended him. Um, you don't know how much you're going to get out of him. You're definitely going to be missing him earlier on in the first, season. Yeah, first couple of weeks, yeah. So it's going to be important to have somebody like that. And it's a guy, another guy with at least 10 plus years of experience. Um, so they're off to an incredible start, I feel like, with their first seven hires. And then I looked at Greg Williams, not to be confused with Greg Williams, a.k.a. Bounty Gate with two Gs. Forget him. Forget Greg Williams, former defensive coordinator for the Rams and the Saints. This guy was the Packers pass game coordinator in 2023 and the Cardinals cornerbacks coach from 19 to 2022. He was also the Broncos defensive backs coach in 18 and the Colts defensive backs coach from 16 to 17. And the Joe Barry departure helped kickstart a lot of this stuff. So Greg Williams, there's a connection with Joe Barry and Chris Shula and being able to jump into that position, which Chris Shula previously owned the inside linebackers position. There's, there's a really, really solid connection and foundation with what Greg Williams is going to be able to bring into the building and help Chris Shula in developing his defense. So that's it. That's what we're talking about with our, our coaching staff. It continues to evolve. They, it's evolved so quickly that when the Rams posted this graphic, they forgot to add a coach. So that's where we're standing right now. Eight brand new faces. And when I looked at it originally, 
I'm thinking to myself, okay, so how does this work? Raheem Morris is gone. Zach Robinson is gone. He went with Raheem Morris. Jimmy Lake went with Raheem Morris. KJ Black went with Raheem Morris. Seattle stole pass game specialist Jake Peets. And then New England stole special teams assistant Jeremy Springer. So they probably thought to themselves, we need to fill eight roles. But they ended up promoting Chris Shula, Nick Kelly. And I don't, if it weren't for the promotions, I don't even know if these guys would still be in the building. Like Chris Shula was promoted to the defensive coordinator after almost being hired by Miami to go coach the defense. And Nick Kelly had to be promoted to the pass game coordinator alongside of his role last year, which was the tight ends coach after almost getting hired to be the offensive coordinator in New England. So talk about a lot of work you got to do just in a really, really short period of time as soon as the Super Bowl ends to be able to finalize your coaching staff for the future. Yeah, I, I they really don't have a lot of time to to sit around, especially when these people are getting offered other positions. And I, I think that – sure, you could say this in Miami, that they – have a path to be a Super Bowl team. They certainly have the roster for it. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity here to like continuously grow, continuously be a better team the year you were before. And I think under Sean McVay, he's shown that that's absolutely possible. So he yep. wants people to want to stick around. And also, like he has connections. Him and LaFleur have connections with these guys. Greg, Greg Williams went back to um, Green Bay with the other yep. – LaFleur. Yeah, so. with the other LaFleur. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. you, you know, they, they bring it together quite well. They and do. I mean, obviously was on the team prior. Yeah, I mean, you talk about um, Ragone, right, and the relationship that he had going back to Washington with both of the LaFleurs, Greg Williams, Shaplinsky going back to New England, right, with Nick Cayley. There's definitely millions and millions of connections that you're not even really thinking about as these hires happen until you really kind of dig into who worked with who. So Chris Shuler replaces Raheem Morris as a defensive coordinator. Giff Smith replaces Eric Henderson as the defensive line coach and run game coordinator. Dave Ragone replaces Zach Robinson as the quarterback's coach. Julie Dog Davis replaces Jeremy Springer as the special teams assistant. Greg Williams is replacing Chris Shula as the inside linebackers coach. Nate Shieldhouse and Jerry Shaplitsky collectively are replacing Jake Peets as the pass game coordinator. Um, and stretch is literally there to stretch Sean McVay's mind and make sure that he uses it correctly in important in-game situations. So yeah, it's a ton of friggin' work. Everything that I see about stretch seems to be more ambiguous than the next. It's, it's an undefined role with undefined details and (laughs) we will see exactly what he does throughout the course of the season. It's like, what is this beautiful mind? Wow. Who knows what it's going to be? Apparently, he's a huge nerd. All of their reports, Diana Rossini from The Athletic was reporting on the fact that he's just a big analytical data nerd that likes to dig into the information, find the proof point, and then be able to you know, bring it to the field and execute. I, yeah, I like that kind of guy. You know, it's, a, it's the kind of guy that's probably you're closer to than you think you are. Right, somebody that you could sit down. You're not thinking about yourself. You're just having a conversation. You're talking football. Guys that are just they're around the building. They're around the sport. They know exactly, um, you know, what the coaches like to hear. And I think that um, stretch working with Vrabel. I can't imagine a, a more difficult head coach to have to work with every single day than Mike Vrabel outside of Bill Belichick. So, huh? I love Vrabel. I think he's great. I, I know, but I just imagine as a player if you're. I also if you're think- a lot of what Vrabel did is like masterful coaching techniques in like beat. Like I remember in the playoffs that year when they, the Brady's last year in new England, 
uh, Vrabel is like using the rules in a way that like isn't allowing Brady to get the ball back, which yep. could have been a stretch. I don't know if he was on the team that long. But then last year, I can guarantee he was on the team when um, the Titans were coming back against the Dolphins on that Monday night game, and they score, and they go for two the first time. So then if they get the ball again and they score, they like the game is over. They just have to kick the extra point. And I wonder if that was a call by him, like, because that's purely analytical. That's yeah. all momentum. So I loved that call. I, I thought that call won them the game to go for two in that moment. So those kind of situations, you have to look at analytics on fourth down, especially when your field goal kicker sucks and your special yeah. teams can't execute. Those are situations that present themselves where it's like, hey, I could be a little bit more dicey. Do I have to call a timeout in this situation? Can I take a delay a game to give my punter more room? Can I take a delay a game to, even if I'm not in a more favorable second and, and 10, third and 15, whatever it may be, you know, there's, there's other things that you can kind of look at to make sure that the coach is focused on what he needs to focus on, which is calling the offense. Um, and he's, he's got a lot more brain power now in the building to help him do so. Yeah, hopefully we find a better kicker so that decision to go for it on fourth down isn't like life or death at the 40. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Greg the Leg is still a free agent. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that yeah. be something? Bring back Greg, Greg the Leg reunion. And Rams fans like talking about reunions. Greg the Leg, I feel like, would be a good one. But we'll see. Greg the Leg, here. brought back. It'll be like the monkey's paw. It'll be like Greg the Leg comes back, and then and then the paw turns. Rams sign uh Oh, my God. John Wolford as the backup quarterback. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so, please know, the league year starts on March 13th. So, that's when uh, everything's going to start happening. Expiring contracts and new contracts and more cuts and stuff. So, that was really interesting about the Brian Allen cut. They didn't designate it until after – they designated it for now. But if they were to designate it for after June 1st, they would have likely saved more money, but we know the Rams historically like to give players a jump start in free agency and see if they could find other deals. So that was kind of the thought process there. Could have saved more money if they waited, but they wanted to do good by the player who won, helped win them a Super Bowl, who Sean McVay really, really liked. Probably a really hard decision for him. Um, but, you know, it works out, open up more salary cap, and now the Rams are on their way to another quest at a ring. It feels like we are... You know, I, obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but at all the teams right now, I think the team I probably feel best about. You ended last year so heroically. You won yeah. like six of seven to get into the playoffs. You know, it, it, I, it's so exciting. And just to detail all the new coaching hires together, it just gets me even more amped up. Once you just, like, sit down yeah. and learn more about these guys. It just feels like it's a really big indication towards Sean McVay and Les Snead being all in again. Yeah. Like when you go out and hire over 50 years of professional experience between between Giff Smith and Ragone and Chaplinsky and Greg Williams and Stretch and Calabrese, like, and then two guys from college, it's you're continuing to evolve. You know, you want to get some other guys to the next level, but you also want to continue to evolve your franchise and the product that you're putting out on the field. And it's the reason why Field Yates and Jeremy Fowler both predicted that the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl. Two very, very plugged in inside guys who are very well respected um, think that you're going to see Rams Chiefs or Rams Bills, I think was Fowler's prediction. So 
get ready for another insane offseason, especially yeah. if the Rams continue to open up salary cap for themselves and the cap increases to 250. It's just it's going to be mayhem every single day. I mean, I totally understand the pick for the Rams to go to the Super Bowl when you like look around the league at like other vacant uh, DC positions available, yeah. and it's like Dan Quinn. You know, it's it. You are not moving forward in that process. Oh, sorry, he got a head coaching job. Not even <laughs> a coach for the Reds or the Commanders. Like that's even more wild. It's like yeah. where do you expect to move? with that higher like stay exactly the same like do you really think dan quinn's gonna be the guy that's going to push you forward i don't no. know it's just a lot like it's nice to see like other like younger people getting like these higher up opportunities which yeah. led to the sean mcveigh era and like that kind of happening around the league and i dollars for donuts i know this is a little out of left field but this is probably lafleur's last year uh, with the Rams. Yeah, could potentially go on to get another job. You know, whether it's a, another yeah, I mean, probably get a head coaching job or it's a head coaching job, ball. right. But, I, you know, the fact that he doesn't call the offense maybe is a little bit of a hamper. But I don't, uh, I, I don't know. You know you, I, but I think you're right. Like, this is this is Sean McVay's superpower. Like, being able to continuously yeah. find coaches, bring them into the building, and create a sustainable environment for each of them to eventually have them go on and get better jobs, that's an incredible thing. Like not only is he an amazing coach, but to be able to kind of like raise these guys under his under his arm and just you know let them kind of evolve to the next level is just so insanely impressive. And all kudos to to McVay because um, that's that's who I'd want to work for. Yeah, hire us. Yeah, if yeah, please. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure that you are. We can't do two things right. Nick got a new camera, but I can't remember to ask people to like and subscribe in the beginning of the episode. So I'm asking now, please. Asking nicely. Thank you guys for listening and making it all the way to the end. We appreciate you guys. More great Rams content coming your way all off season, all regular season, and all postseason next year. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Comments increase the reach. Likes increase the reach. We want more people listening to the podcast. We read every comment. Every comment, if it's super great or super bad, I'll screenshot it and send it to Dean. And I'm like, did you see this? <laughs> yep. It'll in- interrupt 25 minutes of my day, throw me off, take me away from my work. No, I'm just kidding. We love Which you guys. I, I love it when it does that for me. Yeah, give, please. Give, this is one big fat distraction. We need it all. Thank you guys for listening and go Rams. Go Rams. Peace. <laughs>